As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, yours. I can't think of a more fitting back-to-back Chiefs 2020 set of games than to really struggle in virtually every aspect of the game against a team that none of us particularly respect, and then the next week, come back and turn Josh Allen back into a pumpkin at midnight. But yeah, sure, why wouldn't that happen whenever the Chiefs played the Bills on Monday afternoon football? I don't even I don't even know if this qualifies for Chiefs only play weird games territory. Also, somebody tweeted, I think last week, uh, that doesn't the NFL only play weird games? And I actually think that's a very good take from a listener. Uh, but I don't know if this was a weird game or not, but it just sort of felt like the Chiefs were back in business. And I guess it's because, Nate, we actually spent time talking about the Bills this week. That's right. Um, someone also mentioned on Twitter that the Colts are the weirdest team in the NFL. That is our buddy Kent Swanson from Arrowhead for Pride. And Kent, don't you don't you do this. Don't you do this to us. Um <laughs> This wasn't quite the weird category in my eyes, because Hell, I don't know. They ran the football 46 times. Yeah, yeah, they played another weird game. That's weird. They, they, uh, it's yeah, weird. Yeah. It's Chiefs weird. It's Andy Reid weird. Times. I tried. I tried. Yeah, the Chiefs only play weird games. They set us up. They set us up for seven years of Andy Reid football in Kansas City to pull this off on a Monday night when, as I wrote on Twitter, um, guys, the Chiefs beat the Bills in the fashion most teams hope to defeat the defending champions. Just yeah. Ugh. Seth, how are you feeling? For, seriously, forty-six times. Ten, ten of those were Mahomes, but forty-six rushes for the Chiefs. That's how you drew it up, right? Know what I'm doing right now? It sounds like you're having a snack. Know what I'm eating? Little midnight snack. Um, you buffalo wings. I don't know. Was that it? <laughs> I'm having some delicious Pringles. Bada bing. <laughs> Man. I'm glad Nate gave you that because I wasn't. I know I could to. tell. What flavor? What flavor? Let's He's find always out over. Let's find out. God, He's I'm always so... flavorful. He's always what, what, what flavor? So, what? Look, I'm very, very, very basic. 
their original flavor. All right, they just are. Okay, I like those. I occasionally crave an original Pringle. Mm-hmm. Anyway, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you know what? Shout out to Byron Pringle, who in limited opportunities, he's making the most of it. Continues to pop. He just, he's, he, gosh. <laughs> it does not stop. You know, I really did this to myself, so I don't know why I'm. And you know what I could do right now? I could open up some Butterfingers in honor of the, uh, uh, you know, man, I really am unhealthily snacking tonight, by the way. I could open up some Butterfingers in honor of the Chiefs' backup tight ends, who just don't catch things. Man, Ricky Seals-Jones, look, there's so many things to talk about here, but all Ricky Seals-Jones had to do was catch the one thing thrown his way all night, which, like, Andy Reid's like, look, here's what we're going to do. You're our backup tight end. And so what I do for my backup tight end is once a game, I scheme them open, and they are open. And all you got to yeah. do is catch the ball. And Ricky Seals-Jones, man, you fast. You are a fast guy. And all you got to do is just maybe try to run a little bit. And Ricky Seals-Jones has not been able to play for five weeks for the Super Bowl champions. He gets his shot this week, the week after Nick Kaiser, who I really do like, by the way, and has got an awesome last name. So... Who may have threw up on his mom's spaghetti the week before, yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He he didn't look calm and ready. There was a lot going on there. Um, But, yeah, time was up for him. It was over, plow. Then Ricky (sighs) Seals-Jones snapped back to reality. He forgot about gravity. He He forgot about gravity. Because he thought, ah, if I don't catch this ball, maybe it'll just float here. And it just, dang it. I don't know why I'm starting off like this. Now we only do weird shows, apparently. Here's, here's what, <laughs> yeah, so true. I will throw it back to you, Josh, just by saying this. <laughs> sure. Anyone who predicted, like, even me, like, I've been a little more pro Edwards Lair than some, like, people. Like, people sure. in general. <laughs> and, but it's been more of like, a, ah, I'm okay with it. Like, you know, I'm not going to, ah, you know. I mean, the entire article I wrote about him pre- pre-draft is like, I won't be mad if they draft him. And now I've suddenly become the poster boy for loving that they drafted. And my take was, well, I won't be mad. It's true. It's like, that's the yep. standard? But fair enough. Yes, you should be mad. Yeah, you should be mad <laughs> all the time. You should never stop being mad. You should be mad every waking moment of your day. Yeah, I, and I mean, whenever you're—I mean, whenever you're lawyering very serious things, you should be like, "Man, I, my whole day is ruined." I'm because my day is worse because the Chiefs drafted a running back. And you know what? Whenever you're having a wonderful moment, a loving moment with your with your beautiful wife and children, your family all together, you should not be able to fully enjoy that moment <laughs> because the Chiefs drafted a running back in the first round. That's how I live my life, Seth. And the fact that you don't. Don't live your life that way makes me wonder about you. That seems reasonable. Um, I think so. Once I, I, mean, I, I, gave feel, I feel very thought. healthy. No, I, my, you know what my, you know, okay, just, oh, man, I can't believe I'm doing this to us six minutes into the <laughs> I've been waiting to do a bit for four whole minutes. Can I do my bit before you do yeah, your next do, bit? Do your bit. I've, I think I've got, I've fired off like three, but I want to talk about Clyde at some point. No, we'll, we'll get there. Hold on one second. Hey, Renee, yeah. can you add Pringles to the grocery order? <laughs> It's just an- it's another bit. It's stupid, but I need original Pringles. Get like three different kinds. Ooh, we could we could taste test. I'd eat some Pringles. Um What what was that? Yeah, no, get like an original and then like two other flavors. Dealer's choice. Cheddar! It's for Get some for Nate. Cheddar Nate likes Pringles. Ch- can you send cheddar ones to Nate? Who hurt you, Nate? <laughs> 
gonna try. Thank you. Man, you know what? No, I can't get into food arguments. I made a comment about Reese's Pieces like two nights ago, oh, oh. and my mentions still haven't oh, yeah? recovered. And they're not called Reese's Pieces, by the way. That's nothing. Hey, can you see if they have the Baconator ones? Those seem like an like a absolute mess. Thank you. They don't deserve me pronouncing their name correctly. They're 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 trash. How about that? I ooh, trash is a little strong. I think they're definitely overrated. If I'll come with you that far. Okay, well that's fair. Here, so here, so let's offer some actual football analysis because I had someone said. Well, me, hold on. What was your what? But now hold on. Did you have another food take oh, there? Or what? No, I was going to talk like about you. Like you, you mentioned me like being angry and that sort of stuff. For one thing, you yeah, know yeah, yeah. better than most that when I'm actually angry or annoyed, I'm insufferable. And it's, yeah, I'm, I'm horrible. Man, yeah, that's true. Man, Nate, did you see how quickly he hopped on that train? He did. He did. <laughs> that he did was like, like a two, like a three, one fastball. Just <laughs> do you play for the, for the LA Dodgers, sir? That thing went 750 feet. It still hasn't come down. That's well, going to knock a satellite out of orbit. Well, Joe Buck, he's got to come inside here. Know where he can go now. Three, one. Got to, got to bring the heat. Whop! And Bonds just hit it out of the stratosphere. Because nobody, nobody hit homers like Bonds, where like as soon as he swung, so you're like, oh my gosh, Splash. did that ball did that yeah. ball vaporize? Like there yeah. were times, it was literally like, I think that ball vaporized. I think it's gone. Does that count as yeah, a home? It's run? like that bird that Randy Johnson hit. It <laughs> occupies the same. It's just that bird and then all of Barry Bonds' home run, <laughs> which is honestly really, really unfair to that poor bird because it's just baseballs everywhere. <laughs> uh, but I was just going to say, my wife made a comment to me once. You know, uh, in the Avengers, you know, they ask uh, in the, you know, the early Avengers, they ask the Hulk what his secret is to, to keep his anger under control, you know? And at the mm-hmm. end, he's like, well, that's my secret. I'm always angry. My wife looks at me at that point. She goes, oh, that's like you. I was like, what? Because <laughs> I find myself to be a pretty gregarious guy. She's like, yeah, you know, it's just always there. I'm like, oh, mm. that's great. So, you know what? Screw you, Josh. I am always angry. So now, welcome to my world. Wow. <laughs> oh, But yeah, Clyde rushed for like a buck 60. It was awesome. In kind of like a weird way where it's like, Oh, no, it's rainy and windy, and man, those first couple throws by Mahomes, did they throw the ball? Other than when he was, like, in a scramble drill, got to convert, did Mahomes throw the ball beyond 15 yards, like, at all? Like, after the first drive, it's like, nah, guys, this isn't happening. And, And I know we talked about this last week with the Chiefs, kind of in a similar thing, but, like, the Bills never adjusted. It, no. it's, it's pretty clear, guys. Um, yeah. They don't want to throw the ball deep because maybe you should put some guys into some boxes, you know, because how many times in the post game on Zoom did I hear the word light boxes? And then next gen stats was like, you want to know how many light boxes Clyde Edwards Alaire had? And I was like, I guess, sure, fine. What, what, what is, yeah, sure. How many light boxes of six defenders or less did Clyde Edwards Alaire run through with the offensive line? Um, kind of going to Super Saiyan mode? Like, how? How? Um, but yeah, I mean, they didn't, like, the Bills didn't adjust, and it was just wild, because it's like, hey, hey, guys, hey, guys, um, it's mid-third quarter, still a close game. Um, we talk on this podcast a ton about the Chiefs running the ball on second and long and first down more times than we would mm-hmm. care to do. You, 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 you guys want to, just want to do a little run blitz? 
They just, I mean, I guess I, you could say in like the last drive, they were like, guys, I think they're going to keep running the ball. <laughs> And that, that's how late it felt. Where, yeah. like you said, they just didn't adjust. And that was one of those fear of Mahomes games that we talked about, you know, yeah. uh, you know, in the offseason and the potential benefits there. And shout out to the run blocking. Like, they were doing some nasty things. And it was just, overall, I think um, you could see last week irritated them. And there's just so many things to go over. But I would just say... You know, Josh, you and I joke around about this all the time. But, like, that's, like, the ideal, like, you know, if you're ever going to find a time where a running back can move the needle, it's a cherry on top to things going well. And making teams pay for saying, no, we're not going to let Mahomes beat us no matter what. It's like, fine, we'll just run the ball for seven yards a carry, which is what most quarterbacks right. throw for. So, sure, right. we'll just do this play after play. And one of my the, – the, the thing with Clyde Edwards-Alaire – like, they, I mean, they, they had some great run blocking, a lot of really good plays tonight. I mean, Darwin Thompson got his, hey, shout out to you for getting back on the field, Darwin Thompson. And I saw you hanging on to that ball like it was a newborn baby. And that that second carry was a little, somebody yanked out of the second carry. I got nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was it took nervous one carry. I was just thinking the first carry because as soon as he got the ball, I was like, watch him hang on to this ball. And he's like, as he's yeah. running, there's no one near him. He's got that other hand coming on, looking around. Um, but one of the most fun things in football to watch now for me is when Clyde Edwards Alaire is alone in space against a defender. It's just gross the things he does to people. Like, not in a bad way. That came out a little wrong. But <laughs> like it really that poor we're, we're, safety. We're, look, we're, we're looking at you, Jordan Poyer. We're, we're looking oh, at you. He just he does it. I don't know what he does that just makes it look a little bit different. If it's if it's faster or if it's just because he doesn't, it looks like guys are getting shot. Like they just <laughs> drop to the ground. You've seen videos like that, right? Like yeah, Barry yeah. Sanders and stuff where you hear the shots ring out as they drop to the ground. That's what it looks like. That's what it looked like he did to that defender. If you just you just play that one part, it's like, and that's where he died. <laughs> and it's just so much fun to watch. So, and the, and, and the crazy thing about that play too, Seth, because I watched it a couple times. It's it's Clyde's thirty-one yard run. It's his longest run of his career uh, in six games. Longest run of the game, uh, of course. Um, not a single bill touches him on that play because <laughs> Mike Rimmers. Andrew Wiley and Travis Kelsey erased like three bills. And the only reason why Edwards Alaire ran out of bounds was because, like, all right, I've got 31 yards. I don't need to get hit. <laughs> yeah. But nobody touched him on the play. Yeah. No, he, he, this, so the, the, back to the next gen stats thing that you mentioned, Nate. This is, this is, we'll probably talk specifically about Clyde at some point, but not for the entire podcast. I see your tweets. All right. I get it. But the one thing from the next-gen stats that, that I want to, like, underline and highlight, like, a thousand times is on those light box carries, Clyde had 18 of those, and, and his expected rushing yards on those were, a, it was a, he had 109 expected rushing yards on those 18 runs against light boxes. That means that he was expected to get six yards a carry against those light boxes. And he exceeded that by 26 yards. So he added some value there. How much is that worth? I don't really want to talk about it. But for me, the thing that is like absolutely bonkers is 
the the Chiefs offensive line was just like you could give us you could give us you know the most average running back in the sport or whatever, and your expectation would be six yards as like that per carry that as a metric yep. for what the offensive offensive line is doing. I promise this isn't really about Clyde for me on this stat. We just never get good like offensive line stats. That's as good as I think I could try to point to like. This was a, a remarkably good game for a group that was missing everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like it was Eric Fisher. Yep. We know where he's supposed to yep, be. That's the one and guy. And after that, it was like, yeah, well, we'll make all the rest of this work, I guess. Like, I just think it, it was also like evident visually. One other quick thing that, that I don't know if either of you guys heard. Did you guys hear what hear Sean McDermott's press conference after the game at all? Mm-mm. No, I have not. He literally, to, to what Seth was saying, he was literally saying, like, the pick your poison thing. He's, he used that phrase multiple times. But people were asking, like, did you guys, did you think about trying to adjust to, like, put more guys in the box or whatever? He's like, well, it was close late in the game. We weren't getting blown out. And if you try to put a bunch of guys in the box against this team, you're going to get blown out because they're dropping bombs over your head. Like, that is a paraphrase, but it is a pretty darn close one mm-hmm. to what the head coach of the other team was saying. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I know. It is. It, on most Sundays, I feel like McDermott's right. Here's my pushback on that. It's rainy. It's cold. Oh, Sammy yeah. Watkins is not on the field. Their offensive line mm-hmm. is literally in flux in the middle of the game. And mm-hmm. their best weapon in terms of keeping your offense on the field, which, again, a little unusual because the Chiefs don't really care about that you know, time of possession stat, which I know all of our listeners love, but like, hey, the Mm, reason your offense isn't on the field is because you're not being aggressive enough in the middle of the field that's not, you know, anywhere on the field that's not the red zone. And so there is some level of thought that I agree with on a principle most Sundays of Sundays. But I think in this situation, they they, they had to be a little bit more aggressive, and I think the Bills played back, and again... We've seen this now for at least two straight games or two games in this, you know, six game sample this season. You know, on one of those Sundays that I mentioned, which was on a Thursday, unfortunately, the Houston Texans <laughs> tried to do the same thing. Uh, that was when the Chiefs were honestly at their healthiest and they got blown out. Um, so I, I understand what you're saying, McDermott. Problem is, it's week six. A lot of things have changed. And Mahomes has shown you now in two of the six games, I'm willing to knife you in the red zone. And I'm willing mm-hmm. to just let my guys do their work. And as long as I don't turn the ball over, guess what? We ain't losing. So mm-hmm. um, yep. it, it's a struggle. But I think the Bills, you know, so much of football is about adjustments. But so much of it, too, is just simply um, we can move them. You want to keep moving them, guys? Yeah. Move on to. <laughs> Ready? Move them. Break. Like, that's the whole game. I've got an early snap where the double team just – so the problem with a light box, especially if your linebackers are starting off um, dropping, which they were. Like there were snaps where the Chiefs – so normally you've got like like what you might call combo blocks where, you know, your guard and your center start off blocking the same defensive tackle and then, you know, the guard and the center climbs to the next level to reach a, a, a linebacker, Right. The Bills on a few snaps that I'm watching, like, had a light enough box and then had their linebackers backing off at the snap to where what were supposed to be combo blocks were just straight double teams for, like, eight yards and just, Mm -hmm. like, just blowing them off the line of scrimmage. And that's not something we've seen a ton of 
Um, shout out to uh, Mike Remmers and Nick Allegretti yes. and Daniel Kilgore. Yes. Because now, that was now, their interior line today. An entirely yeah. different interior yes. line. And, and I, I don't want to make the... I want to make this point. I want to do this bit, uh, Mr. Briscoe, because when yes, sir, when when one of our teammates was was not on the the audio field with us, um, we made a mm-hmm. clear decision in explaining that some people of a certain complexion didn't play well in the Chiefs' first <laughs> loss. I would like to report with facts <laughs> and statistics Holy that crap. players with those with those certain complexions. Played they asses off, boys. Them boys they got sure up in did. it and they ran through the bills. Now <laughs> let me let's get through this, okay? Let's get through this. Um, Nick Kaiser didn't catch a pass. That's okay. He did his job. Yep, he was out here right. blocking. Yep. Um. Yep. Nick Allegretti. Before kickoff today, anybody want to guess how many offensive snaps this dude had last year on the offense? Strictly on offense. Like maybe maybe three in like a jumbo set. I don't know. Seth, Seth, you got a guess? I have no idea. He had eight. Eight, homie. He had eight <laughs> snaps. Okay? So. None of them at guard, I have to imagine. Those are right, all. Right, those are all as the additional guy, you know. Actually, you know what? He had he had one this year, right? Wasn't he yes, in on, he was in on, on Fisher's, Fisher's touchdown? touchdown? Yes. So, yeah. so let me let me just make sure I'm oh. getting this. Yeah, he had eight offensive snaps. I, I'm just, I'm just so going to click this one more time. Uh, and he's yeah. listed at 320. Yeah, he had eight snapshots. Eight. Anyway, uh, Nick Allegretti, like, I can't imagine what his phone looks like right now. Uh, Andrew Wiley, up and down all year, big up this year. We just ride that wave yep. up the hill of the roller coaster. Uh, Dale Sorensen, did you see he caught an interception late in the game? Did you see that? Oh, he One sure did. That bad he boy. sure did. You see that? Um, Harrison Bucker, little slip up, little slip. We'll blame the rain, mm. but hey, he made the nine he points. Made, nine points. He made though. the field goals. He made the field goals when they were yeah. needed to be made. Um. I mean, Travis Kelsey, I mean, he's kind of like not in the category, but they'll still represent him. I mean, he's he's <laughs> he's a Hall of Fame tight end, y'all. Hall of Fame. Like, like again, as I've told Josh before, maybe not on this podcast, but in another audio platform, he he embarrasses people of the opposite complexion in a way that is infuriating <laughs> to them. What? So all I want you to know is that the Chiefs got contributions of plenty from everywhere it went to all creeds it went to all colors it went oh, anywhere and everywhere equality is saved because of the chiefs against the yep Bills. and Andy yeah. Reid was like you know what let's just keep running the ball um did you guys I mean, do hey, a segment don't... go ahead oh, let's check on the white dudes while i was gone well, so here's what happened no no no, 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 no. Yeah, so oh, 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 what you what you do what you do what you do yeah 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 whoa no 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 Seth. what happened what had happened was we were talking about how, you know, the Chiefs had some really poor performances and we we're just kind of working through to go like, wow, that whole offensive line against the Raiders, that was a big mess. You know who else wasn't good in that game? Man, Dan Sorensen bit a couple times. Boy, Ben Neiman's getting, he's getting worked out there. Huh. Huh. Now, what does their Venn diagram have? And no one knows, actually. I don't know what you're, I don't know what kind of race baiting you're doing right now, Seth. I don't know what kind of ulterior motives you have but like nate and i were just talking about guys that went to small colleges i'm just i'm just talking about complexions that's all i see that that's really all i see on the field okay and white uniforms against blue uniforms that's all i see with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice 
quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Okay. One time when I used to do a mailbag for um, SB Nation, I had someone write in a question that I just, I answer everything. I try to at least. And a person wrote like in. Like a good asked, politician. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so nervous about this. Someone wrote in. Um, yeah, in advance, Danielle, I mean, I don't know. You make a judgment call. Oh, boy. It's, so the per- I didn't think it was that bad. So a person wrote in. They asked me um, to to populate a pair of teams playing one another, all white people versus all black people in the NFL, and who would win. And, of course, because I just wasn't even I mean, thinking. Cole Beasley's I mean, getting all the yards. All yeah, the yeah, yards. Cole oh, Beasley. yeah, dude. Well, yeah, Cole Beasley's getting all the targets. Well, no, Adam Thielen's out Cole there. Cole Beasley's also playing, also playing slot corner, too, I think. But yeah, this is, gonna, this is gonna be the only game of Julian Edelman's career. He's gonna be a boundary receiver, all right? So, anyway, so I was just like, I, my immediate thing was You got was Kittle like, and Kelsey, though. You got Kittle and yeah, Kelsey. That's I, quite I, a duo. Yeah, you could do some stuff with this. You can do some stuff with this, and if you think Tom Brady's on the be, league, right? Okay. See, now here's the problem. There's a lot of things that we want to talk about with this. Like, for example, is there like a fight to the death over who Patrick Mahomes plays for? Like, I think he's yeah, off. I, you know, you know, you know, you know, Mel, Mel, he's off the board. You know, I just, I can't, I can't do it. I'm not playing this game. Okay. I'm not it's playing this game. This is going, this is going, this is going, going to bad not direction. allowed to play. So we, maybe we cut out all like the it. stuff that I just said. I have no idea how much of this I'm allowed to say. I, I no, that's it. all it. No, this, no, nothing has been added. Oh, thank goodness. Yay, me. Um, raw and uncut. So yeah, I didn't even, just... so I actually was like, well, that's kind of interesting. Because once you start thinking, you're just like, huh. What are they going to do at cornerback? And I'm not going to say which team I was thinking about, but I was thinking about one of those teams. <laughs> no, just let it settle. Just let it settle. And, um, and let so it land. anyway, so I so I put a lot of thought into this, and I write like a 500 word diatribe on it, just like this. You know, it's kind of interesting. And I get an email from my editor. The the I'm, we're just going to call him Blog Father here, and most cheese fans know what I'm talking about. And he's like, "Look, Seth." And I can just picture him pausing at his computer as he writes, look, Seth, I get where you're going with this, but I can't publish this. And I was just like, well, why not? Oh. Hey, hey, Danielle, can you put that on a podcast? Can he? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is it's more hypothetical, but go ahead. Listen, Seth didn't say which team he's rooting for. Yeah, I wasn't rooting (laughs) for. 
just he's just giving you analysis, okay? He's just looking at the players on the field. I the Jimmys and the Joes, okay? The G- Who's the Jimmys? Who's the Joes? I don't know! And so, anyway, I was just, oh, that just rang a bell. If we got to take that whole thing out, I'm really sorry. Because I just, like, it really started to become really tough, though, when it was like, man, who's going to play cornerback? Like, yeah, literally, who is going to do this? Anyway, so Julian Edelman did play a little bit of cor- of like slot corner for <laughs> the for the Patriots for like a for like a blip. I think I think, I think they had a bunch of injuries one time. Oh, uh, um, yeah. Hey, Troy so anyway, Brown did it back in the day. Who's who's to say Trump, one can't yeah, who's one can't say? play both ways? Who, who's to say they? How can't? long has Jason Seahorn been retired? <laughs> I think two thousand need to like unretire Seahorn and Lynch. And yeah. a few dudes, and that's that's how you're filling out. Hey, let's bring Erlocker off the bench too. Okay, all right. I apologize. <laughs> hey, actually, let's not. Let's not. I don't know if you've been keeping up on Brian Erlocker. Oh, oh, I have, not. sir. Let's not. Oh, I have. <laughs> Jeez. Let's let's so, not. Anyway, if we want to delete all that, I apologize. All I'm, look. All I'm saying is, you know, everybody played well, and that leads to success, and that leads to wins in the win column, and that leads to Le'Veon Bell. I mean, just thirst tweeting out here on a Monday <laughs> afternoon. You're so right. Oh, the thirsty. So right. Oh, just give it to me. I'm so thirsty for this offensive line and for Andrew's play calling and for Patrick Mahomes to just hand me the football so gently as I get to the line of scrimmage, baby. Watch how I make a move. You think Clyde's doing this? Wait till you see me. Wait till you see the new 26, the thirst was incredible on Twitter. I I I don't know if I've ever thought of us having like an X-rated episode of Times <laughs> Ours, but we have rapidly degenerated to it. I here's the interesting thing to me. If it weren't for the fact that the Titans, who are a very specific kind of good that I think gave the Bills some problems, if it weren't for that game, which was a weird game, right? Really weird game. Everyone right now would be freaking out that the Chiefs, they beat the Bills. And, like, you know, the final score was a little closer than maybe you'd like, you know. And this is, and, and Josh, this may be something we should talk about. This is a good example, like, the fact that the game was still kind of close at the end as to why this idea of, like, running the ball and dominating time of possession isn't a great way to dominate games, right? Because yeah. you still end up with a relatively yeah. close score at the end. It's very different from, like, when the Chiefs' passing game is dominating and they're up by, like, you know, 20, right? Um, yeah. And then the passing game usually leads to the run game as well. Now, again, the, the the wind had to play a role in that. I knew it was going to be a weird game with regards to that as soon as I started watching the pregame, you know, at 3.30 in the afternoon, <laughs> which was so weird. And I'm, like, watching these guys, and their suits are, like, whipping in the wind. And I was like, uh-oh. Because mm. everything I've ever been told is that, you know, rain is pretty bad. Like, snow actually isn't that bad. Um, rain is kind of bad, but they try really hard to keep the balls dry. But wind can wreck your passing game. And I think early we saw Mahomes and Allen try to make some throws, and it just wasn't happening. Like Josh Allen, the best plays Josh Allen made all day were when the refs threw a flag. Like that was (laughs) – Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to diss (laughs) Josh Allen. I like Josh Allen. No, that's that's true. He threw for 122 yards, and this isn't going to be just the the P.I., but the Chiefs had – oh, I had it. The Chiefs had – 
stalling like Seth would do. 68 yards of penalties. I mean, like, it's And they were crucial penalties, too. Like, this wasn't, like, ones. like yeah. a bunch of offsides or something that, you know, adds to the down distance. But, but these were, like, converted first downs or took away a touchdown from the Chiefs, which, you know, ball don't lie. They still scored. But it's, like, it, it was – they were very, very, very crucial penalties, um, consistently. Mm-hmm. It's like the only way they move the ball early. But they really, what I was going to say, they, despite the score being pretty close, and like, you know, because Clyde tried to go down in bounds, but not quite soon enough at the end there, yeah. that's like, bro, you gotta, gotta go down. Just, just go down. And you can, t- that's not how, that's not how my guy Clyde works. Like, have you ever noticed how few plays, like, when it's, like, not, like, huge defensive linemen? It's how it's how he worked at the, at the end of the first half. He really he really just flipped those two. Yeah, he if really could have. <laughs> now, Andy Reid Andy Reed also should have called the timeout at the end of the first half. We're nitpicking oh, on something was... really specific now. But, like, if Clyde would have just stepped out after getting nine instead of trying to get that tenth yard with, like, a minute left. Yes. And then not got out of bounds at the end of the game, this would have been a little less Absolutely. stressful Absolutely. And that, that whole thing, I've got to tell you, that the, the end of the second half was like, oh, Andy, no. Mm-hmm. Like, we've come yeah, so far. I had, I had some flashbacks. Yeah. This, is like, sure. this is like if you're dating a meth user. And they've been clean for... Nope, nope, we're not doing that. Hold okay. on, hold on. Hey, Renee, Seth wants to talk to you again. I don't know... Okay, no, I specifically said that just to not go that route. But let's say it was a relapse, okay? Mm. It was just a it was a relapse. Relapse happens. It's part of recovery. And that's what happened to Andy tonight at the end of the first half. He had a little bit of relapse yeah. with his timeouts. And his fr- his friend Clyde his friend Clyde brought her to a yeah, party his- and <laughs> absolutely shouldn't have. He tempted him. Yeah. His friend Clyde, he's been hanging out with a bad element, you know. You are who you hang out with. Your mom and dad told you this. And it's true. Man, that is true. It's so annoying. Mm-hmm. Parents are right about everything. Mm-hmm. Um and it didn't it ended up not mattering, but had they stuck that field goal and had they had, had Butker missed that one at the end, I would have been a little perturbed. Yeah. Although I just don't see like once they like had to throw the ball, they had one good drive from Josh Allen where they just blitz the daylights out of him, and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna make four correct reads this game, and they'll come back to back and we'll score. And hey, again, shout out to Cole Beasley. But it they really did. I don't want to use the word dominate because again, there were there were some tense moments at the end, but they really controlled that game throughout. And I think Nate, you said this is how people think. Or this is how analysts tend to say it, depending on who you talk to. This is how they say you need to beat the Chiefs. Yep. Because you can't, unless you've got an elite quarterback, it's stupid to think you're going to trade punches with them. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I suppose the the Raiders pulled it off. The Raiders did, though. Yeah, I I would argue. I mean, I think that Carlito is to play this way. (laughs) That well, there it is, and there it is. Tale as old as time, song as old as rhyme. Is Derek Carr elite? Um, I like. Th- I think that should be a, a larger argument. Anyway, but you're right. I think the I think the conventional wisdom is is what you were saying. Yeah, is that is that you can't trade punches with them unless, and this is, I think would go to the Raiders. You've got a great game plan and you've found some tells, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, we, now mm-hmm. we've seen them now against the Bills and look, Josh Allen's a good quarterback. The Raiders knew some stuff. They had figured out some crap about the Chiefs' defense. And I think that's almost beyond question at this point. Right. When you look at how many big plays they gave up in one game, 
and in five other games this year, haven't given up a single play that big, right? At a certain point, hey, shout out to you, John Gruden. You clearly spent an inordinate amount of time studying the Chiefs' defense, and you found some stuff. Good for you. Right, and, and but, remember, and remember, the Raiders had a well, you know what some people will call a kitchen sink game, a gotta have it game. Can't go back to Las Vegas without this win game. Not yep. the same scenario they, for they the asked, Buffalo Bills. Yeah, no, the Bills didn't have that. The, the Bills were not, like, looking to, like, you know, circle the stadium and take a victory lap if they won. I can't believe that. I'm still irked about that. I still have Raiders fans in my mentions talking trash, and I'm being as friendly as possible. I'm like, hey, you do you. I remember being the little brother in the rivalry. You do your thing. Whatever. But anyway, the overall point being that the Chiefs took a, a game plan that is supposed to work against them and just said, well, I guess we'll just do it. And it's kind of like, oh, what am I? It's kind of like uh, you remember X Men: Days of Future Past. Wow, that was quiet. <laughs> Woo! That was silent. The now, keep Sentinels. Going. Keep going, man. The, do you think the, the, the when the Sentinels? Yeah, somebody in the hold on. I'll be somebody in the audience. Yes, Seth, I do. I'm listening. They were the Sentinels of X Men: Days of Future Past. They came in. And they took exactly what the Bills thought they would do, and they used it against them. They took Colossus, who was turning into steel. They became steel and ripped him into four pieces. Really sad moment, actually. I hate both of you so much right now. I swear to God. It's all, it's I, all mean, in, I, just, it, I don't think this is our it's fault. It's all in love. <laughs> I, I, I purposely did this in love. Just just purely out of love for you, sir. Um, Let's talk about a couple specific things here because I feel like we've done some very good big picture stuff, or at least we've done some big picture stuff. But, like, at the jump, Kilgore's playing center now, who we've maybe mentioned his name three times in the history of this podcast, like when they signed him and then maybe twice after, then randomly. Um, after the game, Andy Reid says Austin Ryder has a sore knee, but like he was active. So, yeah. Nate, you can tell me what you think right. about that. He was a full but, participant in all three weeks of practice. Now, the yeah. Chiefs medical staff, I just want to be clear, the Chiefs medical staff clearly have, clearly have more information than we do. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe they had scheduled this even before... They can, you know, even before they played the Raiders, I was thinking about this last uh, earlier tonight. Like, because they didn't find out that they were playing the Bills until after their game against the Raiders, because the league makes a decision in the middle of a, of a football Sunday. It's it's really unfortunate. Mm-hmm. My name is Bill Belichick. Um, <laughs> because they did that, I wonder. You know, a lot of times some teams will say, and, Ren, and Andy has alluded to this before, but like, hey, if we have a short week. Or because things are just chaotic because of, you know, 2020. Hey, if Kilgore is starting to learn the offense, if he's starting to get into a rhythm, if we're starting to, like, you know, sprinkle him in um, with the first team and some practices, hey, uh, if you give Austin Ryder a week, maybe that knee injury does not become more problematic where it's like, hey, maybe he's out a month versus, like, out a game. Um, so there's there's something to be said for that possibility. Um, because, again, I don't think Austin Ryder's been – bad necessarily i just think that like he hasn't been you know as seth would say he hasn't been you know he hasn't been mitch morse but like that's asking a lot um and he was i by the way mitch morse had that penalty late in the game i had it was the first time they mentioned it i forgot i just forgot we were watching mitch morse play football mm-hmm. it totally totally yeah. washed over so again it. the medical staff has more information than we do maybe kilgore maybe this was sort of a stop a spot start i should say and we'll see where, yep. you know, 
you know, uh, Austin Ryder is from a health situation with his knee. Because he's been on the injury report for a couple weeks now. Um, so we'll see if that actually gets him a little closer to fully health and he reclaims his his starting spot. Or if they look at the tape and say, hey, man, let's uh, let's run this Kilgore guy out here one more time. See if we can get some more production um, based on how they played. But again, it, it's interesting to me that the offensive line really didn't take off, which is what I'm what I'm about to say is wild. The offensive line did not take off, y'all, until as commendable as it might be, you know, Mitchell Schwartz was like, I, I gave it a go on the first drive. Nope, I, I don't nope, I don't need to push this. I, I don't want to make yeah. things worse. I'm going to head to the locker room. I tried to give it a go. Can't do it. My back is getting worse. Um, I think, Seth, you were one of the first people to tell me, like, three weeks ago, dude don't look right on film. And you can match it up to stuff he was doing in January, and there's some validity to it. Now we know why, because he has a back injury. So he comes out of the game, you know, Mike Rimmers goes to the right side as the tackle. They obviously bring in Allegretti, and then Daniel Kilgore starts mashing individuals. So I don't, it's going to be hard to fully understand this, and I'm sure our, our our great film guy, Seth, is going to break it down. But I do, I would kind of like to see another sample size with this group, just to see how repeatable it is moving forward, because... I'm not saying I don't want to see Mitch Mitchell Schwartz play football. He's excellent when healthy. But I am intrigued by what this five-man lineup did comparable to anything we projected back in, like, August, even before we knew, you know, even before July, before we knew Laurent DuVernay-Tardif was going to opt out because of the coronavirus. Hang on. Let me – hold on. So once Schwartz went out, they had literally four new dudes out there. Just about. Right? This is what no, I was saying. Not Wiley. I've, okay. I've gotten this wrong. Yeah, because Wiley. Not Wiley. Man, I got this Wiley. wrong on the post game show yeah. on 810 for three straight hours. <laughs> Wiley, was, Wiley was the left guard last year, yes. but he's been at right guard this year. Ostimily was playing left guard. But the other thing with Ryder is, like, if he wasn't that hurt, couldn't he have played? He could he, he could have played center and kicked Kilgore to left guard. I don't know. Here's the thing. I'm going to be honest about Allegretti real quick. I thought Nick Allegretti might have been on that Khalil McKenzie track of just, like, no one can see him until, like, year three. Mm-hmm. And clearly, he like he's gotten a few reps, so the Khalil McKenzie track's probably not fair. But, like, the interior line looked the best it's looked all year, and that was with Mike Rimmers replacing who I would have said was the Chiefs' best offensive lineman. Yes. I just, I don't know, explain it. Go ahead, Seth, explain it. Explain it to me, Seth. Well, you see, football is a lot like <laughs> an egg. You think that you can figure out what's going on by looking inside it, but all you do is crack it, and then it's broken. Nate types so loud. <laughs> so, okay. So, okay, honestly. Just, just doing know, a little jo- editing before you read it on a little website jo- I like to call theathletic.com. What? <laughs> um, so... It's an interesting thing because, you know, you take out Schwartz and and you swap him with Remmers, who is objectively not as good a player. However, Schwartz hasn't been playing like himself. Although I will say, after I rewatched the Raiders game, he got a lot of undeserved criticism after that game. Now, he did lose a little Mm. more than he normally does, but Fisher was worse than he was. Wiley was worse than he was. Mm. Um, Once Asamelli went out of there, Remmers was worse at left guard. Everyone was worse in pass pro than Schwartz against the Raiders. Tell it like it is, Mr. Kaiser. He's he's gotten some unfair criticism because Mahomes did have some struggles in the pocket, but he is moving differently. And look, as a guy 
who has had, and I don't know what's going on with Mitch Schwartz. I don't. They're saying back. I recognize that walk when, when he was walking off the field. I've walked mm. that walk. And back problems suck, man. They stink, like they, man. They, yeah. they stink just, so much. Yeah. They just, I have lived that life after working in the oil patch where I would sit, like, one, I mean, years later, I would get home from work and I would sit in the driveway for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, just because I knew how bad it was going to hurt getting out of the car. Right. And just mm-hmm. like, and so I just like had to psych myself up. So, I mean, he looks like he's just moving a little, whatever. Maybe a little rest would do him some good. And here's the interesting thing here. They, they didn't know what would happen. I know they value Mitch Schwartz at close to like Travis Kelsey levels, right? Like yeah. he is such yeah. a huge part of what they do. And I think maybe the thought process, plus he is a tough dude. For him to say, I can't go, can you imagine how his right. must be feeling? Right. Because that dude is tough. Um, th- I, I would think, and I could be wrong here, I would think maybe part of the pro- thought process they've had is, man, we, we can't really sit him. Because we, re- we yeah. need that level of play, a right tackle. But let's say if it's not too much of a drop-off right now, and maybe even an upgrade at run blocking, because Mike Remmers is a big dude. And Mitch, that is one area he has not been run blocking well this year. Maybe they can survive for a little while when they didn't think they could. And then yeah. in the meantime, you've got guys like Allegretti who came in and he played really well. Now, one thing to take with a grain of salt, Remember how the offensive line, a very different looking offensive line, dominated the Texans. Mm-hmm. That's ex- mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I, that was literally the next thing. I, yes. Competition yes. matters, and the Bills, for all the reputation, have not been good this year. I think they're like 22 in run defense DVOA, like 24 in pass defense. Their pass rush hasn't been as good. They just haven't been nearly as good this year on defense. And so I think there's a real far cry between doing this against the Bills and doing this against, you know, the Chargers or, yep. you know, another team that's given them hard t- a hard time. But it was interesting seeing them adapt. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Here's some good news for you. Next up is the Broncos, and then it's the Jets. So if we want to just see Sammy Watkins and Mitch Schwartz in Carolina, I'm good with that. Not even in Carolina. In Kansas City against Carolina, mm-hmm. you guys can come back then. We're good. Thanks. The, 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 Jets game, the Jets game is a midseason preseason game. Like, let Chad Henney oh, play. Gosh. But we are still going to talk about it for like 20 minutes at least, right? Because Hey, you know what? Stranger hey, things hey, have hey, happened. You know they I only play weird games. Just want to remind you, fellas. Hey, 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 Andy Reid, bleep my bleep up. Run Le'Veon Bell 40 times against the mm. Jets. I don't care. B- direct snaps, establish the run wild against cat. the Jets. Run him at Wildcat. so happy. <laughs> I, Just let, let him throw the ball. I don't care. Let him throw the ball against the Jets. There's a few interesting Le'Veon things Bell they could do here with Bell and Edwards Alaire. Let's say Bell is still that dude, right? Because I'm not going to take anything. He's 28. He's not 32. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm yep. not going to take yep. anything away from a player who was playing for Adam Gase because the Jets look like literally – I only watched a little bit of their game. That is the worst I've ever seen a pro football team look. 
And from what I'm told, yeah, that's bad. how they look every week. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to judge any player based on how Adam Gase uses him. So, shout, um, out, shout out to our guy, Connor Hughes. Covers the Jets for the Athletic. Oof. Does a great job. Send him a thank you card. I, I <laughs> Is he getting hazard pay? He should be getting hazard pay. I mean, he, he is... Like is is his job an essential work category? Because I kind of feel like what they're doing to him um, is so. Yeah, it's cruel. <laughs> it's just so mean. But here's the interesting thing. So let's say they decide. So okay, maybe maybe Allegretti is an upgrade run blocking. Probably not over Assembly, but like maybe with the group as a whole. Maybe Kilgore's an upgrade run blocking right? Maybe Remmers is an upgrade run blocking. And maybe so what they say to that is, look, the next couple of weeks, we don't really have powerhouse offenses that we're facing. So we're going to have Bell and Edwards Alaire. Maybe just for a couple of weeks, let's get, let's get Edward Alaire like right in the driver's seat for that rookie of the year campaign, right? Give him the ball 40 sure. times in the next two games. Let, let Bell ad- adapt to the offense and learn on the fly. Uh, I, I could see them doing that. You know, obviously it's still the NFL. Can't take any games. Just against the Jets. But yeah, just, just against <laughs> Jets. Look, if you think Le'Veon Bell is not getting 20 touches against the Jets, I don't even know what to tell you. He should. Like, was that, yeah, is that in the contract? It's probably in the contract. Let's be real. It's, it's in the contract. Be, it's like, look, Andy, I'm going to sign for what? By the way, shout out Brett Veach, like for $2 million bucks. You Oh. You get a former all Less, pro. yeah, yeah, yeah. His cap hits like is like sixty nine thousand or six hundred ninety thousand dollars, which is very nice by everyone involved. Yeah, we should mention that. And so, very nice. It just, it, it, it just, it's one of those things where you can almost see him being like, "Look, you guys are playing the Jets in a couple weeks. I'll sign this <laughs> for whatever number you put on there. If you tell me that I get to put up like." 200 total yards on those guys because Adam yes. Gase made it clear he didn't want him there. And so there, there's a lot of fun stuff to be had, but it just, it's still hard to get over the chiefs winning a game in which they basically just said, okay, fine. We'll keep running the ball over and over and over again. I, I wonder if that changes the way teams approach the chiefs. I don't think you can, at least with like a normal, um, with normal weather conditions, right? Or with an and with a normal front four mm-hmm. and front seven. Like I just don't think I, I think we've been over this with the Chargers and the and the Niners basically. But like y- you have to use defensive backs to take away the deep shot unless you can get there with three or four, and most teams can't. Right. Um. So yeah, I I think I think you'd rather take your shot with this game than to take your shot with the Chiefs playing what they want to play. I th- I think that makes sense. Um, I want I, I I am very curious about the idea of like what will translate beyond you know the the Texans and the Bills and and in, in games to come. But one thing I wanted to make sure we spent some time on is the fact that obviously Sammy Watkins didn't play in this game, and in his stead again and just an incredibly nice number of snaps for Demarcus Robinson. He had sixty nine yep. snaps. Tyree Kill had sixty eight. After that, McCole Hardman twenty nine. Byron Pringle twenty seven. Marcus Kemp had two out of seventy three offensive plays. Um, I I started kind of preparing for this. Demarcus Robinson played he well did. tonight. Um, I I started, but but so this what I'm about to say has nothing to do with Demarcus Robinson, and you guys can take it wherever you want. But I started sort of preparing over the course of this week for McCole Hardman to not actually get a larger role in this right. game. Even still, I would have taken the over on half of the offensive snaps. I think, and Demarcus Robinson just got all of Sammy Watkins' snaps. Mm-hmm. And 
we can talk about Robinson. We can talk about Hardman. You know, somebody tweeted me and said McCall Hardman's D'Anthony Thomas. McCall Hardman's averaging a full 10 yards per uh, catch more than D'Anthony Thomas average in his time with the Chiefs. I don't think that's fair right. at all. I think McCall Hardman is deeply more explosive than D'Anthony Thomas or whatever. But it was discouraging to see him in year two just not even get a, an uptick in work with Watkins out. But also the fact that Robinson played well and that the offense looks pretty good in most parts I thought was interesting. Nate, if I give you all of that, where, where do you come out? What, what's most interesting um, to you? This matters more than fans realize. Who's a better run blocker? Yep. It, Robinson Who, by a Who's a, a better lot. route runner? Both of these, I think Hardman has admitted to not being Correct. good at. So, Greg, so who, who has better reliability catching the ball right now? Like, right now. Hardman almost had a, Hardman almost had a pick on his Correct. hands. Um, yeah. Who has been a more accountable player on special teams this year? Uh, McCall Hartman's been bad. Correct. <laughs> so bad we can stop the discussion now. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah. I put it on Twitter. Yeah. It's official, y'all. The chief step chart is Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, yep. Demarcus Robinson, McCall Hartman with Byron yeah. Pringle coming up the rear pretty close. Nipping at his heels. So yeah. there's going to be plays that injury designs to accentuate McCall Hartman's talents. Mm-hmm. And we'll see where everything else goes from there. He has 10 weeks yep. to really polish and develop things in a way that people honestly should be excited for going from year one to year two. Given he had massive contribute, contributing moments to them winning the Super Bowl. Like that can't be disregarded mm-hmm. either. Like he he was a mm-hmm. critical player, particularly later in the year as the season went along. To them winning the Super Bowl. That cannot can't be overstated. Mm-hmm. Um But the facts are the facts. And yeah. Demarcus Robinson is setting himself up to be a really nice complimentary football player for another team in twenty twenty one. The Chiefs will use him as much as they possibly can. I'm just telling you straight up right now. The Chiefs are going to use Demarcus Robinson more than Michael Hartman because they have one more year of Demarcus Robinson. And they still have time to develop Miko Hardman. And I and I need to say this more often because nobody in the organization can really disprove this. Maybe McCall Hardman needed the offseason program more than Clyde Edwards Alaire coming into the season because you knew the talent that you had already. And it's 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 unfortunate. Some players, there's a reason that there's this whole cliche of like a sophomore slump. I'm not saying he's that but there's a reason there is some validity to the idea that defenses know who you are um you may not improve as fast as you or the organization wants and so as of right now moving forward i think we should all expect demarcus robinson to get more opportunities um in the next month as obviously sammy Watkins is out maybe another game maybe they bring him along slowly as well and I just I just think that's the discussion. Like, there's really no wiggle room. There's really no argument anymore because the team has kind of told you where he stands right now considering what we're seeing on the field. Seth, what do you think about all that? I mean, look, I, I really thought Hardman was going to break out this year. I, I wrote a lot about him last year. And I still say you can watch his film from last year and watch his route running um, and timing 
improve as the year goes along. Mm-hmm. And I just haven't seen anything from the end of last year to this year. And that's that's unfortunate, you know. I mean, I've watched him a little more closely. After the first couple of weeks, people were kind of complaining about him. I said, I don't know. I haven't really watched him. Um, but he's also having little moments. You know, he's dropping some passes, right? He's he's had a few moments where Mahomes has been frustrated with him in terms of, you know, spacing. And he can't, and he can't hide it anymore. That's the thing. Like, um, not that I – I mean, this is partly my job. But, like, I don't – I won't encourage people to do this. But if you have free time – Listen to what Patrick Mahomes said about McCall Hartman last week. He can't hide it anymore that he's disappointed mm-hmm. that he's not getting, he's not improving as fast as Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, and specifically Patrick Mahomes thought he would in year two. It's just it's undeniable at this right. point. And that's and and that's problematic. I've often thought and look. McCole Hardman's still a, a contributing young player who has a skill set that contributes to the team. He's a competitive dude. Um, he's a valuable piece in a, in some senses, even if he doesn't ever improve at all. Right? Um, being mm-hmm. a legitimate, like a legitimate deep threat, he'll have a he'll have a, an eight to ten year NFL career, like no that. doubt. Um. But if you want to be more than that, is that is is that as Ted Ginn? I mean, I'm trying to think of like a decent comp. Man, yeah, I mean, like, but Ted Ginn had to improve on some stuff too. He did. I mean, yeah. you just you you've got you've got to improve. And here's the the problem that I have with 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 Hardman is I don't see a tailor made excuse because he has very quick feet for how fast he is. And, you know, most guys yeah. that are as fast as he is, that's why Tyreek Hill's such a freak, right? Most guys mm-hmm. that really, when they get going, have that sort of crazy speed, they're striders. Um, they, they don't, they can't get really quick in and out of breaks. Well, Cole Hardman can. And he's, he's yeah. not, though. He's not exactly where he's supposed to be. And you wonder sometimes, and again, this is all psychoanalysis, that kind of stuff, and maybe it results in me getting yeah. a DM from an angry player, <laughs> and I hope it doesn't. Um, I, I like, I like. No, McCall's, I McCall's predicted a- he'd break out this year. That's I'm bummed because because I'm I, like you were saying you thought he was going to break out, Seth. Like I, he, McCall Hardman, I may have said this at some point. He was he would have been top three of guys I was excited to see in 2020. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Not time. even because of him as a player evolving, but his usage changing. Yeah. And his usage is exactly the same. Absolutely. And that bums me out. It, it does. And I would just say that maybe the worst thing that can happen for uh, a young player, and I don't know if that's what's happening here, so please no one read into this too much. Yeah. But I think if you have some success early without having to refine certain things – a lot of players don't develop as quickly as you might because, mm-hmm. you know, you already had some success. You know, you got to be one of the dudes that was introduced by The Rock at the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, you like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, it's, 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 it's yeah. It, it, like, even people in Georgia were like, hey, man, dude runs a lot of fast, deep routes. And the Chiefs were like, cool. <laughs> yeah, like, sign me the, up. The sentence, and he does. the sentence literally ended. Pump returner runs deep routes really well. In the sentence. Yep. Great. We'll, and, and we'll take it from here. <laughs> exactly. And they figured that because like so what that's what makes certain guys unusual. Like Travis Kelsey could have just been a decent tight end on physical talent yep. alone. Instead, he he's worked like crazy and has become maybe one of the best five route runners in the league. Um Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill could have been a good wide receiver just based on physical talent. Or maybe like offensive weapon, right? It would have been like yeah. 
I, I just maybe one of the best quote unquote offensive weapons in history. But he has become a good route runner. He's worked on a bunch of stuff. Patrick Mahomes could have been a good quarterback just with talent. And yeah. when you get early success, I always tend to take a step back and watch. Like, okay, well, what's going to happen now? Like, you know, do you have that Patrick Mahomes? Like, I'm not okay just being really, really good. I want to be the best. Okay, well, now I'm the best. I want to be the best in history. And, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years from now, I bet you people are saying, oh, he's the best in history. I bet he'll be like, I don't even want there to be a debate about this. I don't want there to be a LeBron Jordan thing here. I want no one to doubt it. And I think that can be hard sometimes. It's been disappointing. Still a lot of season left, though. Yep. So we'll see. Because like you said, maybe he just needed, really needed that offseason program. Now he's kind of seen some things. The dangerous part here is now you kind of get... You know, are things going to get into your head? Are you, football is more of a mental game than we realize, mm-hmm. not just for kickers. But, and it's interesting, we're spending this much time on McCole Hardman in a game where really there's so many positive points. But it is at least worth noting, because yeah. this would have been his shot, right? Sammy Watkins is out. That's yep. the thing. Yep. Yeah, and instead, that, I'm, I'm eating Pringles it. as just, a bit. But the opportunity was there. You know, because, yeah. because Byron Pringle flashed more. Yeah. That's and right. that was just on a couple of catches, really. But in that couple of catches, he didn't actively make any bad plays that I can think of. And he made a couple of good ones. Hardman? Uh, Pringle, no, uh, Pringle. Uh, Byron Pringle. Pringle, yeah. Whereas okay. Hardman had a couple like, yeah, of Hardman noticeably did. bad plays. Yeah. And right. in a few more opportunities, didn't really make any plays that were like, oh, you know. Whereas, you know, Pringle, like on that third down conversion, he's like, man, I'm going to get open. They're still going. I'm he was like, in, he went airborne for it, which I don't know that he needed to, but maybe he did. I don't know. It looked cool as hell. You only get one <laughs> shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. It's opportunity yeah, comes once in a lifetime, yeah. Josh. Yes. I, yeah, what, one more thing about McColl. That was beautiful. Um, with young players, you have to remember this too. Sometimes, as Seth said, maybe you don't want them to think too negatively, but sometimes you just need one game or one one sequence to sort of turn the tide and you start putting everything together. Um, and that's yep. what the Chiefs coaching staff is going to have to do. Set up plays, opportunities for him to pop more, and then that can streamline some of the things that they, you know, are hopefully work over for the next 10 weeks because everybody assumes the Chiefs will be in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, for young players, you know, uh, the ability to play well and to see positive reinforcement and to understand that, like, hey, you, the, the, the coaching staff is not going to lose faith in me. They're still going to come back to me. Him and the quarterback need to, you know, continue to do their thing as well. Um, maybe it will lead to success down the road. But for right now, it, it's it's clearly a valley um, in his in his career. Yeah. And that, I mean, <clears throat> the the there's no doubt at all that he's going to have some big plays every two or three weeks. Like, yes. that's that is a, a borderline given. But it's just I I am hoping that he eventually ends up demanding fifty or sixty snaps a game. Um, we we're running really low on time. There's a lot we haven't covered. How do you guys feel about just like a little around the room? You pick a thing, you pick a thing, you pick yep. a thing, and make sure we cover uh, something we haven't gotten to yet. Can I go cool. first? Yes, I would love that. I've got I've got two, so I'll go I'll go okay. last. I got options. Remember the time it was also week six, and Steve Spagnola looked up and said, "Oh, look at this." Field. Here now, he's not as old as as a uh, as Joe Flacco, but boys, we're gonna treat him like Joe Flacco. They made this man 
incapable of throwing the ball forward in a rain-soaked field in the best play of Josh Allen. And y'all know how excited I was about seeing Josh Allen against the Chiefs. My man pointed to row 12 and said, no, 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 see, see, that's the intended receiver. That, no, 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 don't throw that flag. No, 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 I'm Josh Allen. I do things very unorthodoxy. Um, no, 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 intended receiver was out there in row 12. Don't worry, don't worry. They they did. They, they, they gave him the Flacco treatment. They blitzed the daylights out of him, and it worked. Um... It was just, honestly, if it weren't for calls that, I mean, let, you could call them 50-50 calls because there were some good calls in there too. The Bills really don't move the ball much at all throughout the yep. entire game. Um, the question I was going to ask you guys that you can answer quickly is who does Steve Spagnuolo respect less, Josh Allen or Derek Carr? It, he did it yeah, in very, very different, different ways. ways. Because for Josh Allen, it was, I'm going to throw all these people at you and you're going to make mistakes. For Derek Carr, it was, I'm going to have I'm gonna have Dan Sorensen come c- cover the underneath route for six yards on third and 12 or whatever, because I don't think you're going to see Henry. Oh, well, oh, I was wrong. I was wrong. All right, that's mm-hmm. on me. Uh, who does he respect less? I think he respects, I think he respects Josh Allen less. I bet he, well, I'm only saying that because now that Derek Carr game has happened. And so it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's, that's my fair. bad. In the, in the prep, in the prep week, who did he respect less? I think I would say Derek Carr. I would say Carr. Okay, yeah, based on, based on and, history, and it, yeah. And it, and it bit him. Anyway. Um, I think for me, something interesting, just worth noting, Devin Singletary can really play. And we yeah. are two weeks removed from people talking about the Buffalo Bills offensive line as one of the best run blocking mm. units in the league and mm. you know what they did a pretty good job mm-hmm. um yeah super quiet yeah i'm not expecting it to like be like this new trend but now i i notice i'm seeing willie gay jr on the field a little more consistently like i i gotta see look at the snap counts because i, I you what, know, for all Nate, I what month is it i what month is it nate it's october <laughs> okay it's I, october. I forgot sorry thank you um and so, I mean, hey, shout out to the Chiefs. They really are. Here's the interesting thing on defense, because of injuries, because of Breland's suspension um, and Pinnell's suspension and that sort of thing, they're just kind of starting to, you know, try to get things together here. The early part of the season was supposed to be about survival because they were missing some mm-hmm. key pieces, and they're 5-1. and one. And they're... They, against the hardest part of their yeah, schedule. Yeah, that was well. the tough part of the schedule. Had you told me, yeah, 5-1, yeah. and one, I'd have said, yeah, I'll take it. And I would assume the loss was like against the maybe Ravens. the Bills or the Ravens yeah. or the Texans. The or the Bills, yeah. Not the Raiders, honestly. No, that would have been last. That, that yeah. still blows my mind. So, I mean, that's just it's good to see the defense after its worst game of the Steve Spagnolo era. And I don't think it's even close. Yeah. To see them bounce back pretty strong. Now they had some help with the elements, but I, you know, that's the type of game their defense is supposed to struggle in in stopping right. the run and yep. stuff. And so good for them. They did a they did a nice job. Big Mike Pinnell, Derek Naughty had a game. Derek Naughty, yeah, he was, he was all over the place. He was everywhere. So so good on them. Uh, my thing is going to be talking about the Chiefs passing game in a positive way. I know that's going to sound crazy coming out of my mouth. Um, but I, I, uh, I'm going to throw a couple of a Seth, Seth would call aggregate stats at you really quick, having nothing to do with the rushing game. I'm not, in fact, I'll tell you like EPA per play on the ground for the chiefs, all of their rushes together. They average almost two expected points at point two expected points added per play on the ground. That's nice. I'll take that. That's, that's good work. Here's what I wanted to highlight. 
throwing the ball, the Chiefs averaged half an expected points expected point added per play. That's .51 EPA per play whenever they threw the ball. Whenever they threw the ball on early downs, it was .41. Mm. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had the .51 EPA per play whenever he was dropping back. Patrick Mahomes had five incompletions in this game. I was startled to see that afterwards because I, whenever someone has that few incompletions, usually it registered that, oh, he's completing everything. And it didn't. This game was just normal. It was just kind of, just kind of straightforward. One of those incompletions, at least, was was yep. Hardman's drop that could have been picked. Ricky Seals yep. Jones had his drop mm-hmm. that we've mentioned. I'm I'm looking at like Demarcus Robinson had a target that wasn't converted. Kelsey had two. So those are the other three. I don't remember them off the top of my head. But it was it was just a devastatingly efficient game whenever they did throw the ball. And, and it also, I mean, a lot of those were, you know, third down conversions with Pringle and all of that and, and finding Kelsey for two touchdowns obviously jacks up the EPA specifically. But even something like five incompletions, averaging almost nine yards per pass attempt for Mahomes, and it, it, just, it just didn't register. Like, it was just like, yeah, of course, why not? And, and the fact that they were that kind of clean without Sammy Watkins, with Tyreek Hill, he, Tyreek Hill had three catches for 20 yards. Yeah. I mean, he was he was a he was a decoy in large part because of what the, the Bills were doing to take him out of the game. Uh, I just, that that's something for me that really slipped under my own radar until I was looking at all the numbers after the game to, to kind of be reminded, like, oh yeah, they're good. They were good everywhere. I mean, both sides of the ball, just, just excellent. Uh, defensively against the run, against Josh Allen, running the ball, throwing the ball. Weird that it was only 26 points, but that was on, I think, eight possessions, so not terrible there. Uh, just just a really sound game in, in really every phase. Yeah, only eight possessions. One might say well, the Chiefs really uh, dominated time of possession and played the game on their terms. 38. Slowed things down. Sniping, choke-holding minutes. 38. They really, they really controlled the action, one might say. Really ran it up the gut. <laughs> that, you know, and, and again, and that's why it was a close game, because the, the passing game didn't quite, quite get going as much. It would have been fun. It really, it would have been fun to listen to the Chiefs in the huddle, though. Like, on some of those drives where they were just running the ball over them. And it was just like... Over and over. And then it's like, well, Clyde looks tired. Hey, Darwin, you want to run the ball a couple times? Hey, he gained eight yards too. And it was it was a fun thing to watch. Was, but yeah, the passing game was it was insanely efficient. Something worth noting, I've often trusted ESPN's QBR formula. Uh-oh. It's actually, it's got Josh Allen rated four points higher than Mahomes. How, high. dog? How? <laughs> Does that count penalties? I, I, Does QBR count for like deep PIs or something like that? I, I was pretending to not. I was gonna not say anything for the rest of the show after you guys said time of possession, but now you're coming back <laughs> in for that. Yeah, I have I have no idea. So that was just an interesting thing. But it was another 81. Here here's uh, here's a final stat to give. I know we're on our way out the door. Um, I retweeted it because I just think this is amazing. Um, I Pringles to eat. Hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the the here's the stat. Oh, come on, Seth. Where's the tweet? Anyway, so this last weekend, uh, 12 NFL teams didn't score 23 points. 
So 12 of 30, yeah. almost half the league. The Chiefs have scored 23-plus in 41 of Mahomes' 42 games. And the only one they didn't was Indy. And there was a drop touchdown and a fumble. And, and he was playing and on he, one leg. He, yeah, he was playing on one leg. Yeah, he, he tweaked his ankle and he was gimping around because he was throwing darts before that. 41 of 42 games. Seriously, it, that's why we really do need to remember all the hand-wringing that happened last week after the Chiefs scored 32 and lost. We are witnessing something that is just maybe unprecedented and it's a lot of fun so make sure you enjoy that while you while you watch this Chiefs team and if, if nothing else enjoy times ours here on The Athletic you can follow all of us on Twitter at by Nate Taylor at Real MN Chiefs fan Seth also has the Chief of the North newsletter which you can check out through his Twitter I'm at JB Briscoe I don't care if you click anything I promote or not I just need the followers as Seth put it in a tweet earlier for the dopamine I need the clicks for the dopamine. I'm thinking about getting that tattooed on my, like, it kind of no regret, regret style, like, just kind of under my collarbone. Um, I need the clicks for the dopamine. So you can uh, do all that there. Also, if you have enjoyed this podcast, um, we've got, like, really good ratings and a good number of ratings and Apple Podcasts and things like that. It would be great if you go help us boost those because oh, yeah. other people will find it and can join on the, uh, join along for the ride uh, of, the, uh, of the rest of this Chiefs season. And don't prepare them. Don't even pretend to prepare them for the recurring bit of just sort of, you know, checking in on certain complexions of Chiefs players just to see how they're doing. Big bounce back week in that regard. Um, you know, and if they don't like that bit, they're probably not going to like the show anyway. Is that it? Is that the... I, I think that's everything. Go to theathletic.com slash timesars if you're not already subscribed to... Uh, here's a quick 30-second reenactment of the Chiefs sidelines before the start of the second half. Hey, man. Hey, dog. Hey, trap. Trap. Don't you be fumbling out here, dog. Don't you be. Coach, I got it. Coach, I got it. Be easy. Be easy. I'll get in your ass. No, no, no. No, no, no. I got it. I got it. You want to see me go out there and walk the work? You want to see me go out there and block for Clyde? All right. Let's do this. Yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. But before we do, hey, Cameron, get us a picture, dog. Need it for the grim. Big love. Big love, EB. Big love, trap. Let's go get that dub. Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.